Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We have a split decision. The Embrace the Bay crowd is fired up at the reaction there because Brian Billick, who we had on at 3 o'clock, Odyssey Rewind, go back and listen to that. Brian Billick said he thought the Steelers' OC job would be more appealing to people. And then Albert Breer, who we just had on at 520, says he thinks the Browns' job is the more appealing job between the two. In case you're just joining us, Mike Tomlin today coming out saying Kenny Pickett is going to be QB1 with competition, but they're going to go externally for their OC. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about the previous two days about the, the Browns' OC. I think it's fascinating. Kenny Pickett's not great. No one's saying Kenny Pickett is great. How much credit do you give you're part of the group that turns Deshaun Watson back to being great, though? Is that going to all fall for Kevin Stefanski as far as the credit is concerned? Or is this new mystery OC going to get a lot of the credit if, in fact, they do make Deshaun Watson into the uh, three-time Pro Bowler and what was at one point one of the best quarterbacks in the game if they, if they resurrect his career that way? Man, I don't know. I, I want Flacco back. I, and do you think you, you think Deshaun's definitely going to resurrect his career? By the way, I don't know. That's why I I I'm leaning more towards yes than I am no. I'm not leaning towards him being the guy we once knew in Houston though. Okay. I think that ship might have sailed. But if we got ninety percent of that guy, maybe I think that's a real possibility. I think I, I I saw some bright things out of Deshaun. I think even with what we saw with Deshaun in Houston, I think there were hell. I had all sorts of buddies in Houston. Dustin, and you know, you you know, used to live there for three years. I know a lot of people in Houston media. They told me the moment we signed Deshaun, a lot of garbage yards, Jonathan, a lot of like, uh, uh, don't fall in love with him. It's not exactly what you think. And I said, okay, fine. I'll wait. We'll see. So I don't know. Maybe he had a couple good years that got inflated by some garbage time yards. And maybe he had a couple good years where maybe the numbers looked better than they really were. If 90% of Deshaun Watson, I think you take that 11 times out of 10. The goal is that you needed him to be a top five quarterback, Dustin. Right. Now you don't really need him to be a top quarterback right now. You didn't. You didn't this year. If Deshaun had been a fringe top ten quarterback, the Browns would be. We might still be playing football right now, but the Browns would have won 12, 13 games, whatever that ends up being. The way this defense is, the way this team is constructed, you don't need top five. But I understand why when they made the move and they moved off of Baker Mayfield and they went and paid Deshaun all that money, why they thought they needed a top five quarterback because you looked around the AFC and at the time, all these other quarterbacks seem much more dangerous than they are right now. Trevor Lawrence seemed much more dangerous three years ago than he does right now. Justin Herbert seemed much more dangerous three, three years ago than he does right now. Like all these different guys you still have though. We got to recognize you're still in a conference that Joe Burrow went healthy is awesome. Josh Allen seems like he's got everything figured out and is playing 
awesome right now. Mahomes, you can never sleep on Patrick Mahomes. We know that as well. So many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Lamar's going to win the MVP this year. That's going to be his second MVP in five seasons. Like We are so many good quarterbacks in the AFC still. So you still need him to get somewhere. Just not, maybe not, maybe you don't need top five like we once thought. But if you resurrect Deshaun. You, you, you got, excuse me, you've got to have at least a top 12 guy. Yes. I think that's very fair. I think you need a top 12. But I think you can get him there. And if you get him to playing, hell, look at Baker Mayfield's numbers this year, okay? Let's just play with this for a second. I, and I, listen, I I don't want to try to do the contrast, so maybe I should have chose a different player than Baker, but I just it's just what I'm I'm thinking in my brain right now. Baker had the 12th best passer rating, but he was top 10 in touchdowns. He had uh, 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, threw for like roughly 4,100 yards. That type of production out of Deshaun this next year, you're satisfied. You're more than satisfied. You're happy with that. But if you're part of that group that gets Deshaun Watson to where he needs to be, how valuable is that to you for your coaching career? Do we look at you like we look at Bobby Slowick, who in Houston right now, because C.J. Stroud played an awesome rookie season, one of the best rookie years we've ever seen in NFL history, is going to have a job next year. Ben Johnson in Detroit, maybe he didn't make Jared Goff into the world's greatest, but he's got he's that offense humming and is going to have a job because of it. Like You get rewarded if you do things that are perceived to be not impossible, but very hard to achieve in this league. Getting yeah. the Lions to win a playoff game gets a lot of people jobs, right? No doubt. Getting Deshaun Watson to be that top 10, fringe top 10 quarterback, because those are the new adjustments, probably does get you a job down the line. Probably does. Most likely. 216474 to below 92. Tommy. To the phones? Yeah, Tommy up next. What's up, Tommy? My good old buddy, my pal. Hello, my friends. Okay, listen, I have a question for you guys. Do you think, because I love Stump Mitchell, and I don't know why, because we still were leading in rushing with him here. Do you think that the new offensive coordinator coming in has something to do with the running back coach, meaning he's going to bring his own with him? Or, you know what I'm trying to say? It's, uh, Stump Mitchell was a good coach. I don't know why he's gone. Tommy? I and I, I appreciate I, I, I you, Tommy. I can't disagree with you. I mean, yeah, I, we, I, what, we all what don't know like how how good of a coach Stump Mitchell was, but we know that the running backs have raved about him. I know it's really hard because Nick Chubb is going to be great if you were the running backs coach or I was the running backs coach. Like Nick Chubb was always going to be great. Do you judge him off of Jerome Ford, who was a fifth round pick? I, that seems like a very hard thing to judge off of. I I don't know. I wonder about this sometimes. Like Bill Callahan's the most respected offensive line coach in the game, so I'm not trying to diminish him. But our offensive line, with the amount of pro bowlers we have on that offensive line, and maybe you make the argument that someone like Wyatt Teller, for instance, isn't going to be the same player without someone like Bill Callahan, but he's had a lot of really good players. I mean, you, how, how do you judge these guys when you have that type of talent? How do you judge Bobby Slowick, for instance, when he has C.J. Stroud? Apparently, you just say, okay, he's got the most out of these guys. So maybe we got to look at Stump Mitchell. Do we say Stump Mitchell got the most out of, out of Nick Chubb? And we just need to talk about that. Is that is that the idea? Because if that was the idea, he'd never lose his job. So clearly they're using other factors, right? I, yeah, but I don't know what those factors are. I know. I don't either. Like, what did Stunt Mitchell do wrong? I don't know. He joined in what? The Freddie Kitchens year, I think, was the year Stunt Mitchell joined. So Nick yeah. Chubb did have a year under his belt where he – that was when Hugh Jackson decided he basically didn't want to run him and then would only run him like four times a game. He'd get like 100 yards. He'd run like five carries a game. It was insane. Like Nick Chubb was always going to be really, really good, but you do have to give Stump Mitchell a lot of credit, don't you? Yes. 
ton of credit. I mean, if we're if we're going to give him credit for it, maybe not making Nick Chubb who Nick Chubb is today, but being having a hand in that, it's very tough to move off. It's very it's very tough to move off. But you know, heads had to roll. People had to be held accountable for this season. And and I know you're looking at it like Jonathan. This season was awesome. We won 11 games. We made it to the postseason. We had five different quarterbacks. Yeah, all that is true. But the offense wasn't the reason why. And it's it's taking an honest look at that. And I think that's what I, I got to credit the Browns in that respect. They took an honest look at where they succeeded and where they didn't succeed this year. And they're doing it the right way, in my estimation. You know, you're asking yourselves the hard questions. Where we won 11 games, how much of that is repeatable? How much of that can we do again? And if that answer is very little, and I do believe that answer is very little, you got to make some changes. I compliment him. Albert went on to talk about whether Stefanski has final say or not into who actually becomes the OC. This is fascinating. Here we go. I don't know contractually. Like, I do think Kevin does have, I think Kevin would have, like, you know, final say on who's on his staff. Um, so he'd have to be on board with whatever they do. But, you know, there are also, I think, big picture conversations between people in the organization on these sorts of things. And especially when it involves a quarterback you've had so much invested in. And so does that involve Jimmy Haslam? Does that involve Paul DePodesta? Does that involve Andrew Barry? I mean, I'm sure they all had, you know, their say and put in their two cents on where this is going. You think Stefanski's got a say in it? I don't know. I don't know how much he's built up where he gets to make the calls here. If what I believe Albert said earlier is true, where it was more people up above wanting more out of Deshaun Watson, then I'm led to believe Kevin Stefanski is not the person making this call when it comes to the OC, which is not typically how this goes with staffs. Typically, if you're the head coach, you get to make this call. But it's always been operated completely different with the Browns. You have an ownership that likes to meddle. You have Paul DePodesta. We still don't know what the hell Paul DePodesta even does, but we just we just know no he's, we just know he's around for these type of decisions. And then they say everything is collaborative. Andrew Barry, I don't know. Does he have a say in this matter? But I, what I do know is when they all step and, and come to the table on the podium and then talk about the new OC, whoever that ends up being, they're just going to tell us how it was all collaborative and it was all one big decision and it's all one big group thing. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So you're just we're just left guessing. But if you made me guess, and that's what I'm doing here. I would say it's not Stefanski's call. I, I and especially judged based off of what Albert had to say, it wouldn't surprise me if it's not if it doesn't end up being someone like Andy Dickerson, the guy they interviewed today, and it ends up being something that has direct ties to trying to get the best out of Deshaun Watson. That I think is clear as, as the day is long. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Larry up next. What's up, Larry? Hey, how you doing, Jonathan? Uh, you know something, guys? What the Browns did. Oh, uh, you got rid of all the people. The first team I thought would basically fire everybody to doubt was Cowboys. That's what I thought it was. I was shocked with the Browns, but you think, you got to remember here, when we first, uh, Coach Stefanski and Andrew Barry came here, you guys, Dee Podesta made the call of hiring Stefanski first. Then all of a sudden, he got your GM, Andrew Barry. And usually the GM makes that call to hire the coach, what do you think? And one thing, too, you mentioned about the uh, offense. Mr. Haslam, back to Eastern Tennessee, and, and the volunteers had that great year. And all of a sudden, he mentioned during the call that he wanted a high tempo type offense here. And I think Deepa Destin and uh, Mr. Haslam made a call on this. Yeah, I mean, they might be. And Larry, I, you know, I've given Haslam a lot of credit. I, I think he's done a better job of staying in the shadows. 
I just think it's in his DNA. I just think he, this is this is. I think the Bucks were a good distraction. I think the Columbus Crew were a good distraction. But well, if it, even if it's not him, it's it's deep Podesta. It's somebody. Somebody up above is calling those shots, and somebody got somebody's not happy with where this season went. All things considered, and I actually respect the idea that they're not just satisfied with the amount of wins. They're more satisfied and more wanting to find out how did you do it? How did you win these games? Can you do this again? And I think with the Browns, I don't think a lot of this was repeatable, Dustin. I really don't. What's not repeatable? Five different quarterbacks. But what about what about the depth of, of the football team? Because, like, you didn't win really. I mean, the quarterbacks helped because with Flacco, obviously the numbers were big. But, like, you beat the Niners with, with P.J. Walker throwing a pick six. and Jake Moody missing a field goal. Yeah. I mean, there, there is some luck involved here. I, and I think the Browns had a lot of luck involved, and I think that's kind of what they're acknowledging, right? They're not just settling on the idea that they won 11 games. They're settling for how they won 11 games. We did have a lot of luck go our way. We had Moody miss that kick left. We had Justin Fields not convert the fourth and one uh, late in the fourth quarter that would have iced that game. We had Lamar Jackson vomit over his shoes in the fourth quarter in an MVP season in a, in a stretch where they won eight out of nine. They cough up a double-digit lead. Like We had a lot of things go our way. And I think the Browns are acknowledging that. I know you don't want to hear it because you want to believe that this season was magical. Part of what makes it magical and that pixie dust that we attach to this season is the fact that so many calls went our way and so many plays went our way that typically weren't supposed to go our way. And the Browns making these moves, I think, are a clear reflection on that. They're acknowledging that you can't rely on all of these different circumstances that did go our way to keep going our way. You know, having a game against the Texans where C.J. Stroud didn't play. Having a game against the Jaguars where Trevor Lawrence has a, a bummed ankle. Having a game against the Jets where obviously Aaron Rodgers injured for the season but isn't able to be at that game. Having the Bengals game where you don't start Joe Burrow in Week 18. Acknowledging that we had a lot of breaks go our way to get to 11 wins. And in most years, we wouldn't have been an 11-win team. Right. So I think that's a very impressive thing that the Browns are doing. And just not, not just saying we won 11 games, let's puff out our chest, let's be, we're awesome. We're so great. We're we won 11 games. And and yeah, and walking around as if everything is great. Like, no, they're acknowledging. So it's a it's a really impressive thing that they're doing. Acknowledging that, yeah, maybe it didn't go, maybe it, the win-loss record went the way we want, but we got to get better. We got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's no doubt about that. That's kind of always been the MO here with the Browns and around Browns decisions. Yeah, is it Paul DePodesta? Is it Andrew Barry? What does Kevin Stefanski have to say about that? And oh, Jimmy Haslam, the guy that signs the $230 million checks to quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, he also probably has a say in the matter as well. And hey, for good measure, D Haslam also probably has a pretty good say in all this as well. Like there's just so many, way too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know how they ever make anyone satisfied or happy. Who's actually making these decisions? Maybe that's why it took us four years to get rid of Alex Van Pelt. Maybe that's why. Unbelievable. But when it comes to who's going to make the decision of the OC, if they're... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're all going to be aligned with the idea that the whole focus is going to be on making Deshaun Watson great. Then I think at least they have the right mindset to it all. They understand the only way that you're going to win is getting Deshaun Watson to where he needs to be and getting Deshaun Watson to the spot that uh, we talked all offseason about whether or not he could or could not get to. At least they got tunnel vision on the most important part of it, and they're not getting bogged down with some of the other tiny minutiae, and, and some of the tiny minutiae can matter, but when it comes to this team, I, we did this earlier. Go look at the teams that won their division this year. Every one of those teams all had their quarterback that started the year, Yeah, be healthy, not get injured, play out the entire season and not use their backup quarterback. Like that's how this works. Browns need that as well. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. But where who exactly made the decision to fire Alex Van Pelt and then who will make the decision to hire the new offensive coordinator? Lou up next on the fan. What's up, Lou? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, hey man, Lou, what's, up? what's up, buddy? Hey, uh <laughs> that that's I mean you guys know who made that decision. The decision was made by Paul D. Podesta, bottom line. Um Jimmy Haslam gave him full control after he hired Hugh Jackson, and that blew up in his face, he basically, whatever Paul DePodesta said, was golden. So Paul DePodesta wanted Kevin Stefanski on the first go-around. He didn't get him. Uh, basically, Kevin Stefanski is, is their puppet. Um, they, he does whatever they tell him to do. So it was completely Paul DePodesta. I think Alex Van Pelt got screwed because he had, he had actually no component or anything to do with the offense. Kevin Stefanski called the plays. He did everything. Um, you know, and then he's talking that, that he's uh, tired from calling your plays. It's exhausting. <laughs> so then give it, give it, let, let Alex Van Pelt call the plays. Cause the one time he called the plays, the Browns won their playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, I mean, uh, this, this is, is like this organization, as long as Jimmy Haslam, <laughs> I'm telling you this right now, as long as Jimmy Haslam is the owner of this team, the Browns will never win a Super Bowl. They'll never even sniff the Super Bowl because he listens to Paul DePodesta and whatever Paul DePodesta says and does, it's okay with uh, Jimmy Haslam. So they will never win a Super Bowl with this with the uh, with his current owner. All right, thank you, Lou. I, there's things I think the owner does well. I don't want to just bash on the owner because I'm not one that typically bashes bashes on the Haslam's. I'm not. Uh, they we we spend more money in the NFL than any team this year by a wide margin. Like they, like he spends money. He he puts his money where his mouth is. He does. I I will respect that. And and also when it comes down to it. I think there are two type of teams in the NFL, the type of team that really does want to win the Super Bowl, and the other type is the team that just pretends like they want to win the Super Bowl. And maybe you could put Dallas in that other group based off of what you've seen this past week. I know with certainty we have an ownership that wants to win the Super Bowl and is going to put every resource they have in trying to win the Super Bowl. I respect that out of them. I do. I think everything they do comes out of a good place. I think they want to get Deshaun Watson to be good so that they're right and the decision is justified. It is in your best interest to get your $230 million quarterback to be playing like a $230 million quarterback, though. Now, what's fascinating from Lou, at least what I think is, Dustin, is him talking about how Alex Van Pelt did call the plays in that Pittsburgh game that they ended up winning. I'd forgotten about that. And it speaks even more to my idea that Stefanski's ego 
is real and it does exist. Because Stefanski's ego, if it didn't exist the way that he says it doesn't and the way that he says he would, uh, you know, let anybody else make the plays if he thought they were going to do a better job, would have looked at what happened in that Pittsburgh game and suggested that maybe, maybe Alex Van Pelt could do it. But Stefanski's never done that because Stefanski legitimately does think he's a Shanahan. He thinks he's a McVay. He does. I don't blame him for that, but he does think, I, there's no way he doesn't think that. Then why wouldn't he? I mean, he's one of the right? young, hot head coaches in this league. And yeah. I mean, he's had two double-digit win seasons and been to the playoffs twice. Right. For and a team that hasn't done that for decades. I hope people don't get that misconstrued when I say that. I hope people don't think like, oh, Jonathan is uh, making this out to be a bad thing for Stefanski. No, Stefanski should think he, he is God's gift to football. He should think he's great at this play-calling thing. But it's also why he's not ever going to give it up in my mind. Uh, Albert Breer talked more about the whether or not the new OC is going to get a chance to call plays. Here we go. That part of it's really interesting. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I do know, like, in a lot of ways, like, Alex was Kevin's right-hand man on a lot of things. And I think he really trusted Alex. And so that's going to be part of it, too, you know, is finding a guy that he can really trust and that he can kind of delegate to. And, look, like, I think that part of it, giving up play calling, is an interesting factor because, again, you know, it's another one of those things. It's not like the offense is terrible this year. I mean, given the circumstances, I think they did really, really well. There aren't very many teams that could win in those circumstances. Again, with their fourth and fifth tackle, without their best player, Nick Chubb, without their quarterback, and all the way down to a fourth quarterback. You know, I don't think Kevin Stefanski did a bad job calling plays, but if this is specific to Deshaun Watson, well, then we're having a different argument over who should be handling the play calling. Exactly right. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Brian up next on The Fan. What's up, Brian? Hey, good evening, guys. How are you? Hey, Brian. What's up, man? Hey, I just uh, just wanted to ask you, I have this awful feeling that Stump Mitchell told the organization that if they're going to move on from Nick Chubb, he doesn't want to be here, and that's maybe why they let him go. Uh, you think that might be a possibility, or you think it's more linked to the OC filling out the coaching staff? Mm, that's interesting. All right, thank you, Brian. Uh, Dustin, give you the first crack at that one. I haven't heard that theory at all. Yeah, I, it's an interesting theory. I hadn't heard that one. I mean, you, that's... You, you getting a package deal here or what? I don't, I don't know. You think Stump Mitchell has that type of loyalty to Nick Chubb? He might. I don't know Stump that well. He's got a hell of a beard. Hell of a beard. A great beard. He's got that. It's, he's, it's he's like got an intimidating that, beard. Yeah, but you're, you're. I mean, you said the other day you're a little conscious about your your uh, your white, your gray, and your beard. Yeah, but he, like he, he swerved he, right he, into he's that. He's all in. He's made that one work really nice. Yeah, no, he's all in on that. Is Nick Chubb guaranteed to come back next year? I think so. I mean, I was playing with the assumption that he is. Obviously, it's like $13, $14 million. It's not, it's not a cheap deal. I just think I think it's one of those that if you ask the fan base, 99.9% of people say, we can't, we can't do this without Nick Chubb. And I don't know that our front office looks at it that way. Well, they should. They should. I don't know that they do, though. I think they take emotions out of their decisions. I think we've seen that time and time again with them. They take the emotions yeah, out of the decisions. What's that? Sometimes that's a problem. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you you have to understand what having someone like Nick Chubb can mean for this team. But I, I don't know. I it's way too early for them to have made a decision on that and Stump Mitchell to then go to bat for it. I think this is I think this is them all three of them, tight ends coach, running backs coach, and offensive coordinator. I think it's all a product of what we talked about with Albert, where it's coming from up top. They're they're gonna do everything to try to get Deshaun Watson in the best situation they can. I don't know how that that is helped out by firing Stump Mitchell. But clearly, they think something's there. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Tyler up next. What's up, Tyler? 
Hey, what's going on, crew? I just wanted to call in about the open OC position in uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And um, let's be honest here, guys. I'm, I'm thinking that the Pittsburgh position's a little bit more attractive. And hear me out on my reasoning. Sure. Um, you got Kenny Pickett, who, let's be honest, is bottom of the barrel when it comes to starting QBs in the league. Um, if you can make water into wine with him, I, I think that looks a lot better on a resume. And I also think you're going to get a little bit more say in Pittsburgh with Stefanski being more offensive-minded. I'm going to a defensive-minded coach in Tom, and I think you get a little bit more say on that offense. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear what uh, your comments are. All right, thank you, Tyler. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what Brian Billick was saying too. You know, you go to a place with a defensive-minded coach, you're going to have more of a, a say as far as the offense is concerned. It's really going to feel like your offense. If you make Kenny Pickett great, do you get more respect, accolades, whatever you want to call it across the league, than if you make Deshaun Watson great and you're not the play caller? I don't know that I don't know that we why are we so worried about who gets credit? And well, respect. Because offensive coordinators, if you get the credit and the respect, then you get head coaching jobs. So like like Ben Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick are getting the respect and the credit, and they're gonna get head coaching jobs because of it. Like in the offensive coordinator position, why I see it that way, Dustin, is that you're not really you're really not focused on anything more than how do I end up getting to the Holy Grail, which is being a head coach. How do I get myself from point point A to point B? How do I how do I graduate myself forward, right? And the problem I have with the Browns position right now is it looks like that's not a position that really you graduate forward with. That's more of a position that you have, and then you can just kind of you kind of make lateral moves at best. Whereas even at that Steelers position, if you turn around Kenny Pickett. Again, you're Bobby Slowick in Houston. You you have one great year, and you're you're a head coach somewhere else. It's pretty sweet. I just don't know that someone's coming here and not going to call plays and, and thinks that they're going to be a head coach after that. You're going to have to come here, be a young quarterback coach that's going to take on the OC role, and then you're going to have to go somewhere else and call plays. Or if Stefanski yeah. decides that he really likes that guy, knows his job's safe, he lets the guy call the plays. Maybe graduate to or, that. Or he's sort of like half lets him call the plays. Like he's still involved, but like says he's calling the plays to try. Coaches do that all the time. They'll, For sure. They'll pimp their guys out. For sure they will. Yeah, yeah. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Jason up next. What's up, Jason? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, man. Good evening. Um, I just wanted to say, I think that um, when you fire your offensive staff, I think it's a clear... Uh, motion from up top that like, man, either figure this out this year or, you know, you're on the hot seat. And I think that if it's not Stefanski's move, which, you know, probably it wasn't because Van Pelt wasn't brutal. Um, then it's probably like, listen, we're showing you that this is all in your hands. We got our big money quarterback this year and either you figure it out or we're going to figure you out. What'd you say? He wasn't brutal. Is that what you said? Meaning, like, the, the offense wasn't brutal this year. Like, it wasn't Normally bad. When you fight, yeah, it wasn't great. Like, he wasn't like Matt Canada. You know, he wasn't like, you know, you know, uh, Bills falling apart type of thing. The offense wasn't like, you know, falling off the rails type of thing. So when you, file, when, when you fire your OC in this type of situation, you're clearly showing Stefanski, like, listen, buddy, you've got to get your act together or else we're going to, you know, we, we, you're up next. I agree with that to to a degree, and thank you, Jason. I do appreciate you. Like I, I understand that thinking. Like you're not firing Stefanski, we know that. 
but this is also the wake-up call. Deshaun, you got you to gotta get Deshaun better. Now, how much could he have done this year, though? You only had five games with Deshaun. What, what does Deshaun need to do to you to prove to you this season that he's worthy of the, being the franchise guy? You got to be a top 10 quarterback, somewhere at fringe top 10 quarterback. I think anything below that, and I think we got to have a lot of discussions about what needs to happen moving forward. By the way, how happy is Houston right now? Thrown out of their mind. They played with house money, and they actually were able to win. They they got the free buffet vouchers and everything after they got their bonus bets, and yeah, they're they, just they, they they're hit just like hundred k on like roulette, and then got yeah. the free buffet. Yeah, they got no, they got those free bonus bets, and then ended up uh, uh, you know making the the ten dollar wagers that win you hundred k, and somehow it ended up cashing, and it's just everything is awesome for them. It's a I mean it's a really great spot long term, especially for a team that won three games last year to then have a ten win season, win a playoff game. And even if they lost, didn't matter because you have your franchise quarterback. Now, the question they have to ask themselves, though, too, when Bobby Slowick gets a job to be a head coach somewhere else, does that offense keep humming? Probably not. Probably not. Pro- well, it'll hum, but it may not hum the way it hummed this year. Yeah, yeah. It's every break- It may not be a humdinger. May not be a humdinger. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.